Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. Spiritual Warriors, welcome to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith Cawthon Green, and you are listening to episode number six, where we are finishing up our three-part series on breaking through with power and authority. And today, we are going to talk about breakthrough power. So as I said, this was a three-part series, and today is the culmination of part number three of this series. Um, If you are just tuning in and you have not listened to the last two episodes, which would be episodes four and five, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those first, because what we're going to talk about today is actually building upon what we've already talked about. Um, So just to remind you, in episode four, we talked about restoring order. The difference between God's will and God's promises and when you restore order to your life and you put God's will first, then God can release the promises for you. And that is a part of your breakthrough. We're trying to break through to receive the promises that God has spoken over your life. So that's why restoring order to your life is important. In episode number five, we talked about living below your purpose. So It was about finding your purpose and finding the place where God wanted you to be, your jurisdiction, the place where God was imparting power and authority to you to operate in a specific area or a space for the kingdom of God. That's very important because it's a part of you doing God's will. It's also a part of order in your life. So if you're moving in God's will, then it makes you eligible to receive the promises of God for your life, which also helps to produce the breakthrough. So now that we've recapped that, let's jump into what we're going to talk about today, which is breakthrough power. How do you actually produce the breakthrough? Once you've placed your life in order, once you're moving in your purpose, Now, how do you break through to the other side of this thing that you've been pressing through, this thing that you've been fighting through, these things that you've been fighting for, these hardships, this warfare that you've been in? How do you break through to the other side? So today we're going to delve into that. First off, let's start by talking about really what is breakthrough. Uh, We're going to use this definition. Breakthrough is an instance of achieving success in a particular sphere or activity. And I thought that was really interesting because it talked about a sphere. And when I think about that, I think about our atmosphere, the earthly realm and the heavenly atmosphere in the heavenly realm. So it's about breaking through. The heavenly realm into the earthly realm. That's really what breakthrough is because everything that we need is in the heavenly realm. We're trying to figure out how we break it through so that we can see physical manifestation of those things in the earthly realm. Some other definitions that will support what we're talking about 
uh, breakthrough warfare, an offensive military assault that penetrates and carries beyond a defensive line. This supports what I was saying about warfare. You're breaking through warfare. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against rulers and against spiritual wickedness. So we're wrestling against the kingdom of darkness. We're wrestling against the enemy. And that is what breakthrough is. You're trying to break through this spiritual warfare that you've been in. Also, an act or instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. A sudden advance, especially in knowledge or technique. These are all definitions that I found of breakthrough, which just give us an illustration of really what we're trying to do. We're trying to break through to the other side so that we can move beyond our current circumstance and into a more favorable circumstance, into a more favorable situation, into miracles, signs and wonders, into purpose, into increase, into abundance, into overflow. Whatever it is that you've been praying for, your breakthrough is on the other side of your hardship. Another definition that I have seen of breakthrough is a person's first notable success. See, many think of breakthrough as just conquering a hardship or moving past something difficult. However, in the kingdom of God, breakthrough is something much bigger. Let me recalibrate your perspective on this to give you more clarity on how to see breakthrough manifest in your life. See, the reason that parts one and two of this series began with restoring divine order to your life and living within your purpose is because those are the keys to manifestation of breakthrough in your life. Breakthrough is really the collision of the heavenly realm with the earthly realm. It is your major victory after a lengthy process of warfare and pruning. It is a necessary process to bring us into alignment with God's plan for our lives. And I believe that once you break through, you won't have to do it again unless you step out of purpose and out of alignment with God. When this occurs, then God must put us through another process in order to bring us back into alignment with him. So a breakthrough process is not one that you should have to go through over and over and over and over again. Because that means that maybe you're not learning the lessons that God is trying to teach you in the process. Once you break through, you have learned a lot of the lessons that you need in order to now operate in your new level of access, in your new level of purpose, and to be more efficient in those things. So when you come through on the other side of your breakthrough, you should know how to operate in your authority. You should know how to operate in your power to produce things in your space, in your jurisdiction, that you could not produce prior to your breakthrough. You should be more efficient in your prayers. You should be more effectual because the things that you learned on your process are the tools that God was trying to give you so that you could efficiently operate in your purpose, in your space of jurisdiction. So a breakthrough process is really the pruning of you, the lessons that God wants to teach you in order to empower you to operate at a higher level in the spirit. And so oftentimes when we're thinking about and talking about operating in higher levels in the spirit, people are often talking about seeing miracles, signs and wonders, seeing the supernatural power of God in their lives. 
Um, and I often hear people ask, why do we not see miracles happen today as we have seen in the past, like the miracles that we've seen in biblical days? Well, that's because we have deemed the level of faith needed to produce miracles of that magnitude as radical and too impractical for us to operate in. But we can't ask God to do an impractical miracle in our lives and not be willing to walk in impractical faith. God does not operate in the practical. See, we are willing to trust God to pay a bill or protect us from harm, but we are not willing to trust him to do something that is completely outside of what our practical minds can reason. Well, friends, (laughs) that is the definition of a miracle. So a miracle is defined as a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. A highly improbable or extraordinary event development or accomplishment that brings very welcome consequences. God wants to bring supernatural breakthrough and prosperity into our lives, but we tie his hands by binding his operation in our lives to our practical ways of thinking as opposed to walking in faith. Breakthrough is not subject to a certain amount of time. It is subject to our response and our faith. Stop believing that God is doing something based on the timing of earth. And tying God to the rules of man and what society says is supposed to happen or how society says something has to happen. So how is a breakthrough produced? Well, there are three things that we need to do in order to produce the breakthrough. Number one, get in faith. Number two, follow God's instructions. Number three. Worship to break down the barriers. So now I'm going to break those down a little bit more to give you more context on how that is to be done and give you some examples of where we've seen these things happen in the Bible. So we're going to use a text that's probably pretty familiar to you guys. The first text that we're going to um, talk about today is when Jesus turns water into wine. So I'm going to read it to you just to give you some context and then I'll break it down a little bit more. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after. The guests have had too much to drink, 
but you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. So let's break this down a little bit. So we have a wedding where they've run out of wine. Jesus is here and his mother, Mary, tells the servants, do whatever he tells you. So first, the servants had to submit to believe that whatever Jesus was about to do, that he was going to be effective at doing what he was sent to do. They had to get in faith in order to then follow God's instructions. Point number one, get in faith. Point number two, follow God's instructions. Mary says, do whatever he tells you. So then Jesus gives them instructions. And these instructions were probably far-fetched for the servants who were looking for wine, but Jesus is telling them to fill vessels with water. But you notice that they obviously had faith in what he was doing because there were no questions asked. They didn't ask, why are we filling these vessels with water, Lord? Jesus, why would we do this? How is this even going to produce wine? But we spend so much time going, God, this doesn't make sense. God, this, I don't understand how this is going to happen. I don't, I don't see any clues or signs that this thing is going to manifest in my life. But we spend so much time being focused on what we don't see that we can't stand in faith for what God is saying. So we first must get in faith to believe that God is doing what he said he will do to trust that he will do it for us. Second, we have to follow his instructions because in order to receive a miracle or something supernatural, there's a supernatural set of instructions or a supernatural strategy that must be followed. And more often than not, that strategy is going to be something impractical, something that doesn't make sense to you. So notice what happens. They take the wine to the master the master has absolutely no idea that this wa- this wine was water and he says this is the best wine this is the wine that was produced via a miracle it did not go through a fermenting process now i'll tell you what else is revelatory about that jesus turned water into wine now the process For making wine is a lengthy process. Some wine ferments for hundreds of years. But when Jesus did the miracle, the fermenting process was completely cut out. Time, chronological time, was completely eliminated from the equation because it was miraculous. So we have to get out of our mindset of thinking, Oh, this is going to take a certain amount of time. There's no way that it could happen this quickly. There's no way that it could happen without these steps happening in between. But when you think about how wine has to be made, there's grapes that have to be grown. There's seeds that have to be planted. There's grapes that have to be grown. They have to be picked. They have to be pressed. They have to be fermented. Look at all of the steps that were cut out of the process because those servants stood in faith. And they followed the instructions of Jesus and a miracle could be produced. Now we have to do the same. We have to stop telling ourselves 
that there's a certain process that everything has to go through, that we have to see certain steps in order for something to manifest in our lives. Because it, if that were the case, it would not be supernatural. It would just be natural. We cannot receive our breakthrough when we are not willing to do the impractical. The word says, Mary tells the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. We must do whatever God is telling us to do in regard to instructions or strategy for how to produce a miracle or a breakthrough in our lives. But we are so busy saying that doesn't make sense, God, that we're missing the miracle. We're missing the breakthrough. God will tell us to do the impractical to produce the miracle something that's super natural. So now we've talked about points one and two. Number one, get in faith. Number two, follow God's instructions. Number three is worship to break down the barriers. So our worship breaks down barriers. Our worship breaks the barrier of sound to heaven. It's the posture of the heart of worship. That breaks the barrier of sound to heaven. And once the sound barrier is broken, the things that we are praying for can also break through to earth. That's where our breakthrough is. So when I think about this, I think about airplanes or jets that are moving at a certain speed. When they move at a certain speed, it creates a sonic boom. And that sonic boom breaks the sound barrier. It sounds something like this. So you're probably thinking to yourself, how is that even biblical? Well, let's look at Joshua and the walls of Jericho. It's a prime example of what I'm talking about. Joshua 6, 1 through 16 says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. 
then shall. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Let's go back and unpack this now. If we look at verse number two, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. Now, this is the beginning of the story. So we know that this is not the Lord saying after they've seen the walls fall that he's delivered the city. This is God giving Joshua a prophetic word to say, I have already delivered this city into your hands. I have already defeated the king and its fighting men. This is a prophetic clue to build Joshua's faith to follow God's instructions to see the manifestation. So like I said, get in faith. And sometimes God will give us prophecy or revelation as a clue, as a pusher to get us to walk out the instructions. So let's look at verse number three. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. He gives him a a host of instructions. He says, have seven priests carry trumpets of rams, horns in the front of the ark. This is the follow God's instructions. Do everything that he says do. Do the impractical thing, as I've said before. Now, God is telling Joshua, hey, march around this city. I'm going to deliver it into your hands. And in the practical mindset, one would think, what is me marching around the walls of this city going to do to deliver this city into my hands? In your practical mind, you would think they have to go into this city and fight for it. They have to go and invade this city in order for the city to become theirs. But God is saying, no, don't do the practical thing. Follow my instructions and I am going to deliver the city to you. So if we look at verse number five, it says, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. So here it is. While they're walking around the walls, the Lord is saying, worship. They're playing trumpets and they're going to shout as they're walking around the walls. And their walk around the walls represents your faith walk. While you're walking in faith, worship. And there's point number three, worship to break down the barriers. 
And it says, give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So here's another important point. Verse number six says, so Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. So they took the spirit with them. The ark of the covenant is a representation of the Holy Spirit. They took the spirit with them. They were led by the spirit in their faith walk and their worship to break down the barriers. And the uh, verse number 15 says, shout for the Lord has given you the city. They literally shouted, the walls fell and the city belonged to them. They received the victory. Before we go on to recap everything that we've talked about today, I want to just take a moment and acknowledge that sometimes the process to break through is difficult. Um, And the reason for that is that God is testing our perseverance. He's testing our faith because faith isn't faith unless it can be tested and withstand the test. Um, So sometimes we might not see things happen in the moment when we think they're supposed to happen because God is testing our faith. He's testing us to see if we're going to persevere through the process to get to the breakthrough. So these are the tools that we need in order to withstand the process, in order to persevere, in order to have a resilient faith and to eventually break through to the other side. There's nothing wrong with getting weary. There's nothing wrong with getting tired, but you cannot stay in that place where you allow your faith to waver. You've got to get back up. You've got to keep moving. You've got to keep walking in your faith. You've got to remain in worship and you've got to remember that God knows the master plan and that God understands what you need and what needs to be produced in you in order for you to be successful on the next level. So don't lose hope. Don't lose your fight. Don't lose your faith. Persevere through till the end. So how do you produce your breakthrough? Let's recap. Number one, get in faith. That means believe that God is going to do what he said and that God is going to do it for you. Believe and trust. That's faith. Okay, get in faith. Number two, follow God's instructions, even when they don't make sense to you. Because the strategy that God has for this thing to break through for you, for you to see manifestation of something supernatural in your life is not going to match up with what your mind says the strategy should look like. So obey God when he gives you instructions. And number three, as you stay in faith and walk in faith, as you follow instructions, Stay in a posture of worship because your worship is what is going to finally break down the barrier that is hindering you from going to the next level in the spirit. 
And this is a chronological order. There's a reason that there's one, two, three. You first need faith. Your faith is what is going to produce what you need that will allow you to follow the instructions, even though they're impractical. Because when something looks crazy, when it sounds crazy, your faith will keep you persevering and walking it out, even though it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And when you follow the instruction and you walk in faith, it allows you to see the victory and worship, even though you haven't actually seen it manifest. You can see it happen in the spirit because you have faith and because you follow God's instruction, which means now you can worship as if it's already done. And that is going to break down the barrier. That is going to bring you to your breakthrough. Well, that wraps our session for today. I just want to thank you for taking the time to tune in. I'm so humbled and grateful for the privilege of being used as a vessel by God. And I pray that you have been blessed by the content of this podcast. If you have questions or comments about today's session, please leave a voice recording on the podcast page and I will respond to you. You can also email me at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. If you are led, you can sow into the ministry at Cash App, dollar sign, Collective Live. And you can find the ministry on Facebook at Collective Live Worship. Remember, you are a spiritual warrior with God-given power and authority. Walk in it. I'm praying for your breakthrough, increase, and abundance. Have a spirit-filled week and tune in next Wednesday. Love you all. Be blessed.